Football P5 versus G5. I'm Steve Payson. And today we're going to talk about uh, quite a few things, uh, touching on Boise State, uh, touching on Auburn a little bit, going over any bowl games we may have talked about or may have watched, and also get into um, the preview of the semifinals. So how'd things go for you this week, Trey? The whole tis the season to be busy as 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 a as a dad and uh I had a good Christmas and as always glad to be back. Got a chance to watch a little uh football here and there and uh glad to be back on with you. Ah, good. Good to hear you had a good Christmas. We um, like I touched on last week, um we got to break quarantine on Christmas Day, so it was a uh it was a really good it was a good Christmas for us also. Um, as we go into it, uh, the Boise State coaching search, as I was watching Twitter and everything that goes along with it, everybody's talking about the, uh, the big three candidates for Boise State right now are um, Choate out of uh, Montana State, Andy Avalos, uh, the DC out of Oregon, and the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, Kellen Moore. And so Twitter was hopping come late Saturday, early Sunday, saying that on Monday, Moore is going to be announced as the head coach. And Monday rolled around, and just like most coaching searches, nada. Um, and as we, as I've looked at all the different interviews that are going on, it really does seem that Moore is concentrating a lot on this playoff push that the Cowboys have got going. Uh, he's publicly putting that out, and he's publicly stating that Boise State has not talked to him officially. And same thing with Andy Avalos. He's looking at their bowl game uh, down in, um, I believe they're in the, I believe they're in the uh, Tostitos, the Fiesta Bowl. It's not Tostitos anymore. I believe they're in the Fiesta Bowl. Mm -hmm. And so he's, you know, saying all the right things in public. But you can see with both Andy Avalos and Kellen Moore, you can kind of read between the lines. And the school has definitely been talking to him, just not on an official capacity. And I would truly love either one of them. Either one of those two, Andy Avalos or uh, Kellen Moore, would be outstanding for Boise State. I want to lean more towards Andy Avalos just for the plain fact that the prodigal son coming back to Boise State, I don't know how that would work out for Kellen Moore. And would it be extra pressure on him to start getting the wins up again? And it, it just, I, I, I got, I got a funny feeling. I'd love to see Kellen Moore. I think he runs outstanding offenses. Uh, I'm, I'm torn on it. I, I think Andy Avalos would, I know Andy Avalos as a good recruiter. He is an outstanding recruiter. And Kellen Moore, we don't know. 
because Kellen Moore has been on the pro side and all he's had to do is worry about setting up the offenses. I don't know. I expect it to be Kellen Moore just because of all the chatter that's coming out. But Boise State has come out and said that they want to hire an AD first because, by the way, Boise State doesn't have a sitting AD right now. Uh, Kurt Apsey was unceremoniously kind of demoted, but it was made to sound like it was his idea to step down. But everybody thinks that he was asked to step down. So Boise State wants to fill that AD spot before they hire the coach. But it's more important right now with that February signing date coming up. I know the February signing date, you usually don't get a lot of recruits out of that date that you do out of the early date, but it's still important. We've we've already lost one commit, a running back, a really good running back in that in that aspect. So we need to get that we need to get that coach hired. And so Boise State might be dropping the ball on this one. We'll have to wait and see. So how are things looking in Auburn? So what I'm thinking is with Boise State situation, they're going to have to hire an AD who has a relationship with a head coach that he wants to bring in. Because much like uh, owners in the NFL or GMs in the NFL, ADs usually have a connection with the coaches they hire, a la uh, Green, the AD Green at Auburn and hiring Brian Harson. They go back to Texas. Uh, so you see the relationships back and forth. So it'll be real interesting to see the AD hire and how that corresponds with the head coaching hire that Boise's got to do. And I agree with you. Uh, the, the wheels need to be put in motion and it needs to be a, a sooner rather than later happening because that recruiting process is starting to happen again. And they're going to have to kick it into high gear if they hope to have a, a decent recruiting class this year. Yeah, all the all the AD names that have come out. Um, the big one is Baumgartner at out of um, not San Jose, but out of um, I'm losing it now. It's a non-football uh, Division One Santa Clara. There we go. The current sitting AD at Santa Clara is one of the one of the candidates she it's getting she's getting a lot of criticism on the message boards and everything that well she doesn't work with football she she hasn't worked with football she's a golfer that's moved up through ucla usc now she's the ad at uh santa clara and um all the other ones i haven't heard any names but they're all looking at either smaller school ADs or um, mid-size school uh, associate ADs and, and the like. So I I really don't know what to say on this. I agree with you. Yeah, the AD should have a relationship with the coach, but 
the and Oklahoma just scored again. <sighs> sorry, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sitting here watching the Cotton Bowl as we record this, and Oklahoma is just throttling Florida. And I'll touch on this a little bit later, but let's digress. Um, and the the way we've already have our candidates for football coach already kind of picked out getting the ad i don't see how that's how that's helping let's get the coach and then we can um then we can go back to ad so brian harson had his introduction go ahead it it truly does look like boise state's having it's it's starting from scratch with their foot with their with their whole athletic program let alone their football program so yeah uh if they go if they go to if they go to Kellamore, it'll be real interesting to see if they can pry him away from dallas and jerry jones and all the all the things that are the star down there in arlington yeah and and, and jerry jones is just enamored with kellen moore if jerry jones wants to he can throw money at him that Boise State can't, and we'll see just where, if Kellen Moore is the guy, we'll just see if Kellen Moore wants to do it, just if he wants to come home and be a head coach, or if he wants the money. So well, Brian he didn't, Hars- he didn't go, he, did, he, did, he didn't do graduate assistant route, and he, oh. and he, he, he stayed away from there. Yeah, so he went to, yeah, he, out of, out of school, he went to Detroit, hung be, hung behind Sa- Stafford for a while, then got traded mm-hmm. to uh, Dallas, mm-hmm. and he got his he got a couple chances to one once uh, Dak Prescott got injured a uh, year ago, two years ago, two years ago, two years ago, he got his chance to start and he did all right, um, but just out of school, they said his arm strength was questionable and and that's what hurt him in the pro ranks actually as a player, but he went directly from playing to quarterback coach. And then he did one year at quarterback coach and then he got moved up to OC. So we'll see from there. Yeah. Brian Harson had his introduction press conference. Did you see any of that? Uh, I watched a little bit of it. I, uh, I mean, it was, you know, kind of generic and nothing really controversial or, you know, make, make you want to make waves about anything. It was, I, I thought it was pretty standard and yeah, thankful for the opportunity, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, your typical but, coach speak. I mean, it's, <laughs> you gotta know your cliches. <laughs> And there you have them and use them and love them. And that's half the coaching right there. Yep. But, uh, I've, what I've seen from Harson is, you know, okay, great. Let's see who you're going to bring in because <laughs> right now I'm getting ready to play, uh, in the outback bowl, citrus bowl, one of the bowls down in central Florida, <laughs> 
So they're getting ready for that. So Kevin Steele and the current Auburn staff is getting ready. And apparently Harson's just kind of he's observing. He's he's evaluating from afar. He's not really engaging anything. Which honestly I think is is okay. So Auburn's getting ready for their bowl game with Northwestern. Kevin Steele's the interim head coach slash defensive coordinator. And Bryson, Brian Harson has essentially come in and been an observer from the get-go. So I think it'll be real interesting to see what coaches he feels he needs to keep going forward, if any, because not having an active role and not really having a relationship with anybody there, that kind of tells me he might start with a clean slate. Now, I do not think that is a good idea because Auburn has got some really good recruiters who have put in a lot of groundwork. And if Brian Harson starts over from scratch, it will absolutely decimate the recruiting classes going on right, right now with Auburn. And it's for Gus Malzahn's fault. He usually put together a pretty good recruiting class and that's due to uh, the recruiters that he had in Ronnie Garner, Travis Williams, Cody Burns, uh, Cadillac Williams. And so there's a lot of names that are synonymous around the area and they do a lot of work in with all the high schools that they touch. And I don't think Brian Harson has those connections yet. And I think it'll be, it'll be a bit of a fool's errand to, to let everybody go, which I'm, I'm pretty sure they won't, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him. I don't see him releasing everybody. He'll he'll keep some off the staff, just to keep that um, just to keep that SEC experience. Um, he might drag a couple um, Smedling, um, our defensive coordinator. I don't know if he'll put him directly at DC. He might put him at a position again. Um, also, let's see who else might he drag back. Um, Riddle. He might drag Riddle with as his special teams coach. I'd kind of, I'm on the fence on that one. I don't know if he will or not. So there's a couple on the staff at Boise State he might drag in um, just for familiarity. Um, But yeah, he, he, he would make a big mistake not retaining at least a couple uh, on the current staff at Auburn just for that. SEC uh, familiarity. So, like, it's it's too it's too soon to tell. Honestly, uh, I'll be I'll my I, I reserve my opinion for if we have spring football after spring football. Yeah, and that's where he'll 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 get his feet wet. I mean, obviously he'll he'll go in and. I'm sure right now he's staying away. I don't know if he's met the team yet. I kind of kind of doubt that he's met the team just for a plain fact that he does probably doesn't want to mess up that, you know, team cohesiveness right now going into the bowl game. I would expect sometime after the bowl game he'll go in and he'll introduce himself to the team. Oh yeah. So now, to, to touch on a little bit that we talked about last week, because, like I said, I do have the Oklahoma-Florida game on the computer at the same time. 
currently it is 41 to 13 Oklahoma mm. and mm. it's late in the third. <laughs> and the reason I want to oh. bring it up is we talked last week about um, the transfer portal and all the, the, the rights that the players are starting to get, like, you know, the one-time transfer rule and so forth and so on. What I want to touch on right now is how, and we also talked, touched a little bit on how the college football playoff may be hurting college football. Why we'll say this right now, college football playoff is hurting the bowl games massively. And it's just right now, Florida is playing with 59 scholarship players on the team. Some of those might be COVID related. A lot of them are opt outs just for the plain fact that we're okay. We're not in the college football playoff. I'm just going to go and I'm going to get ready for the NFL. Uh, Pitts, the tight end, is not playing. Tony, I don't know if Tony's a running back or a wide receiver. Wide receiver. Right, yeah. That's what I thought. I know he's, he plays a lot in the backfield, so I was like, what is he? Um, <laughs> he? He opted out, and there's a lot of on the offensive side that are opting out for Florida, and it's <laughs> it's showing. Well, honestly, I think it's... <sighs> Players are more selfish these days. Uh, there's no what you it used to be. Once you signed with a school, that's who you were with, and that's who you played for. You played for the name on the front, not the name on the back. And now, you know, there's too much money to be lost by going out and and blowing an ACL or you know messing up your ankle or you know. Having having an injury in a game that doesn't mean anything, it doesn't make any sense. Especially if you're a guy like Pitts or Tony, who they they are going in the draft somewhere. Now that's that gives you an inside look at to what the player thought process is because I'm pretty sure that Kyle Trask is still playing. Yes, he is, but he's kind of playing for a Heisman shot. He's he's looking to have a good game, and this is probably going to hurt him. Yeah, he's got three picks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not out of it. Be, After this one, he, he's out of it. Not, not going to be uh, something that bodes well in the Heisman voter, at least I think. But we we've seen this, you know, increase in frequency as far as, you know, players – not even making it to bowl season. You know, you've seen, you've seen some players that shut it down after one, two, three games. They shut it down. Uh, Oklahoma state's uh, Chuba Hubbard outstanding running back there for the, uh, for the pokes there in Stillwater. But the problem, the problem is that he's opted out and Oklahoma state really hadn't missed a beat. So, you know, if I'm an if I'm an NFL exec or an NFL coach, I'm looking. I've I've got to look at this with some sort of skepticism. I'm like, mm, I understand the whole business aspect of it, but at the same time, are you gonna? Are you? Is that what you're? Is that the person? Is that the player you are? Are you? Are you gonna sell out for for this for an organization, or are you gonna? 
are you going to run out of bounds? Are you, are you not going to get the extra yard? Are you, it, it just, it, it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. Um, when, when free, the new free agency rule, um, took effect in what the mid eighties, I believe it was early eighties. Um, where you had long-term before you had long-term players at the NFL teams. And once that new free agency rule came into effect, it was Katie barred the door. It, it was the horses are out and you're not going to get them back in. And that kind of, me that soured me. That soured me to the pro game just for the plain fact that I was used to watching the same player on the same team. And I, that's what I gravitated to. But now in the, on the pro game, it's okay. I did my five years here. Where can I get more money? And that, that's really soured me. And it's starting to sour me to college football right now. I hate to say that, but it's, it's getting to the point where loyalty is, almost a thing of the past. I want to see that come back. And one idea I've had in my head, and I don't how much I don't know how much power it would carry, is okay, you're gonna opt out. You're gonna opt out of this game. Your scholarship is pulled. Mm, yeah. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know how that would I don't know how that would go. With the big with 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 the guys who are going to get go in the first three rounds, it wouldn't matter whatsoever. And so okay, go ahead and pull it. I'll get my contract. I'll pay the school off, and I'll go on from there. It's the guys in the lower rounds. Well, they're still going to make more money than a scholarship, so that shouldn't be any problem, anyways. But yeah, I agree that the money that is there. The, the money that is there sitting in the draft is just, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, the, the problem is you can't, you can't pull scholarships because, you know, a guy goes out with a legitimate injury. And after that, he's like, well, bump this. I'm not, I'm not going back. Uh, what was it? One of the, one of the Bosa brothers did it. I think it was, I think it was Joey Bosa. Yeah, he got he, he got it. He got he got injured second or third game, and he shut it down. He's like, "Nope, yep. I'm done." And it, and it, and it wasn't it wasn't a season ending injury, but it was you know it was a three or four week thing where he oh, had no, to sit down was, for. He he was mm, going to be able to come back. It was an abdominal injury. I don't know the exact injury, right? Um, but it did require surgery, and he wasn't going to be back until maybe the second to last game of the season. And, yeah, and that's, but, that's that that situation. Yeah, you you, you got to get ready. But I mean, you like I said, you, you tweak an ankle, and you know, okay, you come back and you get out there playing again, and then you do something a little more serious that jeopardizes your future. So I can see it on both sides of the fence. It doesn't mean I necessarily have to like it, but I I understand it. You know, so you really you really have to have that that special kind of throwback attitude to, to play sometimes, but you know what that attitude gets conveyed on down the line. Uh, it, it, it gets to, you know, 
coaches talk to coaches and NFL uh, GMs talk to other head coaches in college and that sort of thing. And those, and those sort of things don't go overlooked. Uh, but however, you, t- you take a look at uh, a case like Marshawn Lattimore, uh, ex running back from South Carolina yeah. was, was a monster. Yep. I mean, the, the kid was, the kid was something special, but blew out one came back from it, blew out the other total, total loss. <laughs> he, he, he was done. He, he's, he's not, he's now, a, I think a, a running backs coach at South Carolina or was at least. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I saw that. It, it, I, I saw that game when it happened. Um, we were, we were in school, uh, athletic training, uh, program at Boise state. And when his second knee, when he blew that second knee out, we had that tape up on the big board in the classroom, just watching it because it was amazing. He actually dislocated that knee. That knee Mm -hmm. was dislocated. It was completely out. And whenever the either was the athletic trainer or the team doctor got out there, he laid his hand on top of right at right on top of his VMO, which is the the muscle on the inside of your quad. And either he told him straighten your leg, or he um, straightened it for him. And as soon as he straightened it for him, that knee went right back in. And the reason I always remember this is because after the game, a couple hours after the game, the official word came out of South Carolina. Oh, he just hyperextended his knee. Yeah, right. No, no, he did not. (laughs) So I I just had to throw that little story in there because everybody in that athletic training classroom was geeking out over that video. And that's one thing with us athletic trainers like to do is um we'll we'll pull up injury film and we'll just geek out over it just seeing how oh that knee came completely out and everybody else would probably be puking and we're geeking out over it yeah uh my my significant other she was also an athletic trainer at boise state so it is impossible almost impossible to watch a football game with her without rewinding it somewhere in there so she can watch <laughs> something that happened. It really is irritating. <laughs> and anyway, o- so, Oklahoma's already down on the 35 again. But so, anyways, so keep going. Uh besides besides the Oklahoma Florida game, did you did you catch anything over the over the Christmas break? Did you catch any other games? Um, I caught a little bit of the Texas Colorado game yesterday. Uh, and I watched the first half. And to be honest, I got to the second half and my eyes were 170 pound anvils. I could not mm. keep them open, so I had to hit it. But I did get the feeling watching that first half that Texas was just in full control of the game. Even though at halftime it was, I believe, seventeen ten. Yes, halftime it was seventeen ten. But the the feeling was that Texas had it completely in control, and that's the way it ended up. Um, and Texas ended up scoring fifty five. I don't know what Colorado's uh, last 
point total was, but yeah, it was, it wasn't anywhere close. And I feel bad because, uh, Andrew Hamstra is the athletic trainer for the Colorado Buffaloes. And he was a graduate assistant athletic trainer for us at Boise state when I first started the program. And I kind of felt bad that his team got throttled. So yeah, I also, 50, 55, 55 to 23. That's a, uh, that's a rough game. And I also caught a little, a tiny bit of another game. And it's just, that tells you what this week has been for me. I can't even remember <laughs> what that game was. It was one of the, the smaller games. <laughs> but I haven't been able to watch a whole lot to be, to, to be honest. What have you been trying to watch? Well, uh, last night I tuned into the Cheez-It Bowl, Oklahoma State and Miami. I was real curious to see uh, what my, uh, what Mike Gundy's squad looked like uh, coming out of Stillwater. I've, uh, I don't know what it is about Mike Gundy. I like him a lot. Maybe it's the mullet. I don't know. <laughs> but he, he uh, they hung 21 points on Miami in the first in the first half and I was like, uh oh, this is a, the Miami squad is still hung over from the beating they took at the hands of North Carolina and it's gonna get ugly real quick. I was pleasantly surprised when and 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 on top of that, I should say, uh Miami's quarterback, uh Derek King, he went out, the Houston transfer. Uh the guy's been Conference player of the week three times this year, and he goes out. And I'm like, oh, they're done. And Miami comes back and scratches and claws and big ups to the Hurricane squad for for coming back and making it a game because I didn't think it was going to happen. And uh, Narcozy Perry came in for Derek King, and uh, Perry's been a starter before. So it's not like, you know, it's, he's just coming off the bench with no experience. And he, he played a real nice game and got the Hurricanes back to within a score. Unfortunately, they just ran out of clock and didn't have enough time to get another score on the board before the clock expired. So it was the Oklahoma State Cal Pokies with a big, big bowl of cheeses at the end of the game. Yep. <laughs> the, the, the old Gatorade bucket of Cheez-Its over the coach. I'm going to be honest with you. The hot and spicy Cheez-Its all day, every day. <laughs> I'm more of the jalapeno Cheetos for me, but uh, we'll go. Oh, those are good, too. I digress. Those are good, too. Uh, yes. Um, so, moving on. Any Yeah, and it's looking like or Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma did just score again. <laughs> mm. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, Rattler's looking really good, and Florida's not looking like they want to be there. Well, it's probably they they took they took Bama to the wire, and I'm sure they were emotionally exhausted. It's so hard to get up. Like it's just it's just too hard. Yep. And, and I've seen it. I, you see it a lot in the bowl games. The teams get there and they're just like, 
whatever. <laughs> Let's get on with this. Put put yeah. some put some younger guys in there. Let them play. Yeah, I I truly feel that's that's an, another reason Boise State decided to opt out of a bowl game this year. Uh, very well this, this year, it just twenty twenty is just it's we've said it every single episode. It's just been a, an extremely unique year in college football. And it just, it is so mentally fatiguing, mentally fatiguing uh, hmm. on, the, on the players. And I think they just were ready to raise their hand and say, I'm out. I want to sit down. I want to just relax for a little bit. Let's re let's reattack for spring ball. Possibly. Yep. <laughs> Possibly. So. The college football playoff semifinals. You have Notre Dame and Alabama, and then Clemson, Ohio State, three. It hasn't gone well for Ohio State the last two times. In fact, they're four. They're zero and four against Clemson in total. But in the college football playoff, they're zero and two. I don't see. Uh, this is probably Ohio State's best chance uh, at at getting at Clemson. Clemson hasn't been uh, here. I'm talking about you know Clemson, the team that's been to the finals the last three years. Just Clemson hasn't been the dominant force that they have been. And maybe that's COVID. Maybe that's a little bit of, you know, things evening out at the top, but uh, Clemson just has not been as dominant as they have been in the last couple of years. Ohio state. It's hard to tell. They've had six games. And they've always had that one. I, I I touched on it a little bit last week. They've always had that one game where they just go, and they end up belly flopping. So, yeah, it's hard to tell what what Ohio State's going to do. They seem to be extremely motivated because of last year's game. They felt they got cheated out of that. Um, what do you see in that game? Well, college football playoffs, there is no team that I, I don't want to see anybody win. I don't care. I, I guess I will go ahead. I, oh, this is going to hurt my soul. But if I want to see a team win, I, I want to see Alabama win. I, I Notre Dame. Notre Dame and USC might be the only teams I dislike more than Alabama <laughs> and Ohio State and Ohio State. But uh, it'll be real interesting to see uh, Clemson's coordinator, uh, Tony Elliott, Tony Edwards. Their their OC is out. He's he's got uh, he's come down with COVID, so Ooh, he's I didn't out. Know that yeah uh, yeah. It, I think it. I think I saw it about an hour ago. So he's out. He is not making the trip. He will not be in. He will not be in New Orleans for the game. So. If Ohio State is to break that streak against Clemson, 
I feel like they've got a real good chance to do it now. That being said, however, uh, there's a long-haired, big-nosed quarterback <laughs> on Clemson's sidelines that started 35 <laughs> games, okay? They've also got a running back that is grossly overlooked because of him. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, Travis Etienne, number nine, running back at Clemson, is probably one of the top five backs coming out of the coming out in the draft this year. He has a tendency to have a game where he just jumps off the page and he takes over a game. He hasn't had one of those this year. And I feel like if there was going to be a game to do it, it's going to be against Ohio State. Given what I saw against Indiana, given what I saw when they played Northwestern, I feel like Clemson might just put it on Ohio State. Now, whether or not the the OC not being there is as a big a deal as it would be in some other cases remains to be seen. But I'm going with Clemson. I'm going to go with Clemson by six. Okay. Clemson, um, Clemson wins by less than a field goal. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm going to go the same way. I agree with you. It's it's going to be a good game. It's going to be just like last year's semifinal, and we'll we'll see how that goes. It's just it it's going to be a knockdown dragout. Now, how COVID affects it, it's already starting to affect it by with the OC. But are we going to have any players affected? I and mean, are, are there going to be any big name players affected? And this goes for both semifinals. So yeah, I, I see a, I see a close game, but I do see Clemson up top just because of the way you so nicely put it—the big nose, long haired quarterback. Uh, he's he, he's Sunshine. he's special. He, yeah. Sunshine. <laughs> He's going to make a lot of money in April. Yeah, he so, is. <laughs> yeah, he is. Now, moving moving to the second one, I truly hope and believe that Bama is just going to put an absolute whooping on Notre Dame. I don't see this being close at all. Um, Bama's defense isn't the Bama defense of old, but it's still pretty damn good. Yeah. I, I think I think Book is going to be running for his life. Uh, Saban's going – Saban's not the D.C., but he's got nine fingers He's got nine fingers mm-hmm. in the defense. Uh, they're gonna they're going to give him looks that he hasn't seen in the ACC, and it's just it's I I truly believe it's going to be nasty, and I really hope it's going to be nasty because I've chronicled my I've chronicled my dislike for Notre Dame in a previous episode. 
And if you want to know what that is, I believe it was last week's episode or the week before. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, you uh, you you ex- you expounded on that quite thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to any previous episodes and you want to know why I dislike Notre Dame so much, go back. To, I believe it's episode four, maybe episode six, because there is no episode five. I have to apologize for that, but. Uh, episode four, episode six, and take a listen, and you'll see why I dislike Notre Dame so much. Uh, so, how do you see that game, Trey? So, right now, Alabama has three players on the offensive side of the ball that will be making the trip to New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. First, first time ever in college football history. On the defense, as you said, they are not the 9 Alabama defense. However, the four and five star guys that are starting for Alabama and is the game in Dallas. Yes, the game is in Dallas because it's the Rose Bowl. And I that, that, that's right. It, it got, sounds, moved, it, got it, yeah, it got it, moved, didn't it? Yep. It 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 it's feels kind of dirty saying the Rose oh. Bowl is being played in in Dallas, Texas. But yeah, that's it's going to be played. Yeah, that, in, that, that that doesn't taste good at all. Uh-uh. No, it's playing. So it's playing being played at Jerry's World. Oh yeah. Okay. So once again, Dallas doesn't go, or Alabama doesn't go past Dallas to play a football game, okay? And they're real familiar with Jerry World. Uh, it is going to be a beating. And I don't I don't care if they dig up Newt Rockney. I don't care <laughs> if they bring in Rudy. I don't care if they bring in Jerome Bettis. I don't care if they go get Joe Montana. Notre Dame is going to catch a beating. Alabama by two touchdowns. Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith. He might have 200 yards receiving. I don't know. Najee Harris going to have at least two touchdowns. It's going to it's going to be a whooping. Yep, down and, there in Dallas. And and let's talk about Devontae Smith for a quick second. He was the number two receiver on that team. If if you can if you can with the talent that's on the outside of that offense, mm. if you can say that number two is is a bad thing. But then they're number one, and his name is just starting to escape me right now. Jalen um, Waddle. Yeah, Waddle. Waddle gets hurt. He steps up, and he steps up big time. He gets AP Player of the Year, and he gets an invite to New York. So he answered the bell, and man, did he answer the bell. Well, let's let's go ahead and backtrack a little bit. Talking about Devontae Smith, uh, you I know you remember the play because everybody remembers the play. Left-handed Hawaiian, last seconds of the game. That was him down the left-hand side. That's right. That, was, that him. was him. So, so he hasn't just come on the scene. 
he's just had the spotlight to himself this year. Usually yeah. he's having to share it with about three, four other dudes. And trust me, Alabama still got a boatload of players behind him. But yeah. Devontae Smith, congratulations, sir. You're the first he- you're the first Heisman winner since Desmond Howard in 1991 to win the Heisman. Uh, you think he's gonna win it? Uh that's I just said it. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's he he's your winner. Kyle Trash Kyle Trash just shit the bed. Yeah. Mac Jones. Big time time. Nope. Najee Harris. Trust me, all three of those guys are worthy of getting the Heisman. Don't get me wrong. But he's he we we took you want to talk about uh, previous episodes. Go back to our Heisman. Go back to our Heisman talk that we had, and he and he's filled out all that criteria that that I mentioned, and that's who would get my vote if I had one. Right on. <laughs> that's all the way back into episode two, folks. And yeah, they yep. And neither one of us talked about Devonte Smith in that episode. So I, I tell I, you. Did you? I, I I'd have it. to. I, I, mentioned, I have to go back and listen to it. I'm. I mentioned the trio from Alabama. Okay. I mean, I mentioned the trio. I did. I didn't Jeez. call him. He he was not my favorite. Okay. Let, let me let me interject. Um, Oklahoma, Colorado here or Oklahoma, Florida. Uh-huh. Total yardage. I can't rewind this. So, it was something like. 400 and something to 100 and something. And oh, by the way, Oklahoma just scored again. 55 13. It feels like Lincoln Riley's maybe, I don't know, sending a message. Maybe, very possible. I mean, it it feels like it's getting awfully personal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rattler's still in, and let me see. Oh, there is yeah. six okay. eleven. There's six his, minutes left in the game, and Rattler's still in. Yeah, he's been his starter all year. He's come out a few times when he had some rough patches, but yeah, if the starting quarterback's still in there, and you've already hung fifty five points upon the board, yeah, somebody said something that uh, didn't sit well with old Lincoln Riley there, and <laughs> there in Norman. Yep, and Trask has been sitting for the the whole fourth quarter. So who's that? Uh, Emory Jones is in there right now, isn't he? Um, I'm I'm not positive on the name. It's number five. So I think that I think that's him. Because it's so, so so small, I can't read. I can't read the names <laughs> on the jersey. I got it so small on the computer. It's it's kind of funny. But, All right, so you so we've got. We think it's going to be another Alabama Clemson rematch, huh? I <laughs> Alabama Clemson, what four, five? five what number five, would this be? Um, that's another thing we touched on it last week. It's you can pencil in three teams, and then that fourth team is you know who's ever hot, who has ever end, ends up being hot that year. Yeah. That's why I think to go back to the previous subject of the bowl games getting hurt, where possible, you know, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when and how many. Um, the expansion of the playoff, it's 
it's going to happen. And maybe if we put some more, a little bit more, you know, meaning behind these games, the opt-outs will slow down. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, given that, are you looking for you looking forward to any games outside of the playoffs? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I, there is one and it's, it's slipping my mind right now. I'm looking it back up. You want to, you want to watch the Georgia Cincinnati game, don't you? Yes. That's there you go. <laughs> it's going to be black and red, baby. Black and red. You've seen, the, have seen the uniforms. Have you seen the uniforms no. selection no, yet? Is, is, and George is making a mistake. Blackout? Yes, George is doing the blackout, and they have never oh, no. done well in black. No, you don't do that. Not in a bowl game. And Cincinnati is going form. red. Bad form, Kirby. Bad form. I, I don't think it's up to the coach. I, th- I honestly think it's up to the equipment manager and the and the marketing guy. What jerseys do we want to sell? And it, uh, well, you know, I can't give them too much crap. It's the Peach Bowl. It is literally forty-five minutes from Georgia's campus. Yeah. It's, ah, yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, Georgia's going to yeah. sell out their ten thousand tickets. They're going to get, or whatever, or whatever the they amount get. they can have. Well, I'm looking forward to the Orange Bowl. I want. I want to see the Aggies and the uh, Tar Heels. Yeah. That. Oh, oof! That if the Aggies' defense comes to play, that's going to be a very ugly game. Another ugly game for the ACC. It has it has potential of being a very low scoring affair. Yeah, um, you know, North Carolina's defense ain't no slouch, but that. That offense is the Texas A&M's offense. If Mond is on, it's it's lights out. But also, if Texas A&M, and this is the big thing that I've been thinking about, if Texas A&M has that chip on their shoulder about being left out of the college football playoff, and if they come out and they want to make a statement, it's going to be a long night for well, North Jim, Carolina. Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher does strike me as somebody that he, he can hold a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> he could definitely, yes. Jimbo could, de- Jimbo could definitely hold a grudge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that, that reminds me, I'm going to go completely out into left field here. You mentioned how Alabama doesn't go west of Texas. Usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and COVID has hurt college football this year. We've all talked about it, but it really hurt me on a personal on a personal note because it canceled the Boise State Florida State game that was going to be held in Albertson Stadium. And you know how often Florida State goes outside of Florida for an out of conference game. Do you know how many times they go west of the Mississippi for a non-conference game? They never go west of say, Mississippi. If if they get if they get past the panhandle of Florida, it's it's something. 
because, yeah, all their opponents up and down the Eastern Seaboard in the ACC Conference, they don't they don't travel at all. <laughs> and you know that that would have been a historic game, not only just for Boise State. It would have been a historic game for college football, just because of what we just talked about. You know, Florida State. Mm-hmm. Florida State doesn't does not go past a thousand miles for an out of conference game, and that is not yet to be rescheduled. I don't know if it will be. I hope it. I hope they. I hope they find it. I get it in there somewhere. Well, I think that's going to wrap it us for wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get back to it. Uh, after after the weekend's games are over, and give you one more one more show before the finale, we'll right. we'll give our thoughts on the preview there, and then we'll have a wrap up show after that. So uh, once again, thank you for joining us as always. All right, I'm uh, I, I say the same thing. Hey, um, if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, please rate subscribe comment share put it out there and also on those comments if there's something you want us to talk about please put it out there we'll throw it out there and i'll I'll, we'll get with each other and we'll just again the reason for this podcast i wanted it to sound like just a conversation sitting down with two beers and two buddies just sitting talking college football. And so give us something to talk about. Like Trey said, we'll come back uh, next week and we'll cover the semis. We'll preview the final and anything else that trips our mind and anything else that might be of big interest. So again, like rate subscribe i'm steve payson i'm trey payson and this is no relation college football p5 versus p5 thank you for listening and have a great day